Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. We are continuing our series in the new year called The Way, and I am joined by two special guests and friends. First, we're joined by Lead Pastor Jose Abaroa. Jose, welcome back to the podcast. Good morning, Taylor. And we are joined by Communications Director Paulina De La Fuente. Paulina, thanks for being back on the podcast. Good to be here. All right, Jose, week two in the series called The Way. We'd love to hear your thoughts as you prepared for this message and even just reminding us, I know we talked about this last week, but just even the heart behind the series as a whole kicking off 2024. Yes, so Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and uh, he's the only way to the Father. That's John 14.6, and uh, I love that the context of this verse talks about uh, Jesus is encouraging his disciples not to allow their hearts to be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And so going into the year, let us hold on to the way, the truth, and the life, um, because we know that Jesus is the way that we can really keep our hearts from being troubled, no matter what may come our way. So uh, this week, we talked about the truth. Yeah, let's, let's jump in there. We're looking at John 14 and looking at the scripture here. We talked about it last week, this week talking about truth. And Jose, you had two points I'd love to unpack here. First, knowing the truth, and then second, walking in the light. So let's start here just with knowing the truth here. The question you asked, Jose, was, is my relationship with God informational or personal? And I feel like you did a great job on Sunday unpacking the difference between the two. But as we get into more of the practical side here on the podcast, we'd love to just hear examples in your day-to-day how you can start to tell, you know, that you're maybe drifting into the informational versus personal. Is it something you can tell on a day-to-day basis or are we talking super high level? Kind of what does that look like? No, I think for me, it really was beginning my journey, beginning my faith. I really thought that um, he was personal and it was a, a big moment in my life. I, I came to faith. I, I stopped a lot of things that I was doing. I changed my habits and, and started gathering with the people of God. So it was a pretty, it was a pretty dramatic shift. And, and I think that ever since then, I've continued my relationship with God, but I've also had more information. And especially now, doing doing this, being a pastor and, and having to speak uh, consistently about God's Word, God's truth, uh, I find it that it's even more important, the more that I know, to, to really be close to the person and not just be filled with information and facts. And I mean, Jesus made it clear, and, and this is a, a fear, uh, a holy fear, a reverent passage in the Bible where he says, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, and I will say, I, I didn't I didn't know you, even though they did, they did amazing things for God and in Jesus's name. But the heart of God is that he wants to know us. He wants to be close to us. And uh, it's, a, it's a personal relationship. So for me, it, it really does go very practical. I mean, when I'm, when I'm reading God's word, when I'm praying, am I, am I speaking to a person or, or am I just reading about mm. him? Yeah, I think I can tell during the day just what my heart is, even in time with God, because am I just trying to remember, like, the the information, the details, the stories, or am I aware? Does my time with God help me be stay aware of God throughout the day and His presence? That's, like, can be a clear thing for me day to day on just where I'm at, how I'm coming to God, what kind of heart I'm coming to Him with. And there's a lot of information out there. I think about Jose, you alluded to it, but not just even spiritual information. I don't to put you on the spot, but I can't remember the number of gigabytes. 74 70, gigabytes. 74 gigabytes. 74 That's wild gigabytes. Yeah. of information that we carry and process. And yet with that, 
I think all, almost all the sources are vying for um, trying to convince us that they are the truth, that there's a lot of truth out there. That's just a common question, even for believers, as we try to siphon through, okay, what is true of God and what is not true of God? So how do y'all navigate that? And what is so significant about Jesus truly being the truth, capital T truth, in the midst of a bunch of other smaller truths? Yeah, I think it's it's both really important to rest in the simplicity that he is enough, that he is the truth. Um, but it also requires a lot of surrender. It requires a lot of, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to believe this, this or that as much as I'm tempted to want to figure out the problems or the solutions to these problems. Uh, my faith is in Jesus. And so it, I have to continually surrender that he is the truth and that he is enough. And so that may mean not going down a rabbit trail that my mind wishes to go down because I want to figure out, you know, the problems that the world is facing. I studied international relations and studies, so so I, I can quickly get distracted when I read part of the news, especially as I read about other parts of the world, to go deep down. And, and those things are not bad. They're not bad in and of themselves, but they do come to a it comes to a point, especially in my life, where they become distractions. And instead of having hope, um, I find myself in despair. I find myself uh, in, in anxiety. And so again, the solutions to our problems internally, they're found in the truth of Jesus. So I need to be closer to Jesus than I am uh, the problems of, of the world. I know that may sound simple, but it, it has a lot to do with, with surrendering. Yeah. I think the the talking about Jesus as the truth makes me talking about anything as the truth means that it has authority. There you go. Over yeah, our that's, lives, that's you it. know? And that's what, what you said reminded me. And I've been thinking about how you said on Sunday, Jose, about how Jesus is the evidence and part of what part of your message. And I just have really been thinking about that and thinking how Jesus as the truth really is the evidence of so many things of God's love for us, of God's presence with us. And so when we look to him and decide that he is the truth, no matter what anyone, including me or the world has to say, then there's so much peace and it just guides as the authority in our lives. Mm -hmm. And that peace comes from freedom. I think about John 8, here this verse, Jose, that you mentioned before, John 8, 30, 31 through 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jose, you alluded to this earlier. There's going to be times where we, we aren't going to partake in certain things or, or believing in God means we're choosing to not believe in other things. And yet deep down this, this truth here is that it will set us free. What does this look like practically for y'all? How do you um, just even, I almost want to say, minister to yourself or, or uh, equip yourself to remind yourself of this truth when sometimes the truth doesn't feel like it'll set you free. It instead feels like the opposite, especially when you listen to the world. Yeah, that's really good, Taylor. Great question because it is deeply personal. The truth here is who Jesus says that I am, who Jesus says that you are. And so oftentimes we look at the world for that answer. And so we define ourselves by what we've done. We've defined ourselves by how we compare to others around us, people that we look up to, uh, by how much money we make, our career, our standing in a social setting. But Jesus gives us a different set of truths. He says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're created in my image. You you are fallen and, and are sinful, but you're also fully forgiven 
through the truth of Jesus thanks to his cross. You, you have the Holy Spirit living in you, and now you have a purpose here on earth to advance his kingdom and be about his business. And so those truths help me in a deeply personal level find peace, purpose, and confidence in, in every day. It's, it's not <laughs> once a year or one, you believe that once and, and then it's, it's tattooed in your heart. You have to continually remind yourself of those truths as, as we battle so much information out there. Mm. Yeah, I think then the challenge for me daily is figuring out how to remember whatever truth God's, you know, highlighting to me in this season and figuring out, I think that's where we do have freedom individually and how we spend time with God is just what's the way that I'm going to be able to remember best throughout my day, this that God's highlighting to me, you know? So if there's a verse or a part of a verse or a whole Psalm that I'm memorizing, you know, then just being able to do something practically that helps me remember that. Well, what's the significance of community in remembering those truths? Because I think about, you know, we have, if you have the Bible app, you could just sit and you're reading the word, you're maybe watching a sermon online or listening to the podcast, of course. Uh, but what, what is the significance of community in reminding of the truths that y'all are talking about? I mean, we're doing it right now. We're, we're just talking yeah. about it and, and we're bringing it out to the light, which is the second thing that, that I really got from this passage, this question that Philip asked. He, he brought his doubts to the light. He brought his question, hey, Lord, just show me the Father and that will be enough. And so God wants us to bring our doubts to him. God wants us to bring uh, our, our darkness, whatever we may be thinking, feeling, uh, acting, have done. He, he wants us to, to bring those things to the light and in community when when we have a safe group of people that, that that know us that love us that love God it's a powerful mixture that really brings a lot of you know it cements that truth oh my goodness that that is right you know mm. my mind makes me think this way but now that I shared this and that you said that I'm, I'm reminded again of whose I really am that he really did die for me, that I'm, I'm worth that in his eyes, that, that I have an identity that cannot be shaken because of what Jesus has done for me. So it's huge. We can't do it alone. Mm. Yeah. I've seen that so much, the encouragement of when someone's going through something that, or has gone through something you're going through, the fact that they can speak to it with more, a more of a clear mind than you can when you're in the middle of it. It's so, yeah, it just does, uh, concrete that truth yeah i think about just even this past week uh, on the phone with a good friend and i was sharing with him some of the things like yeah i don't know if i you know this is hard for me or this is confusing for me or just kind of openly wrestling with him about it and he was like wait that's not who you are like you you this is something that comes natural to you or at least this is who you are and it was just reminding me of my identity in christ and the truth of how god sees me and how he is so i think i've had that experience in community group had that mm-hmm. in kind of strands or one-on-one groups outside of that. So to y'all's point, that really is is powerful here. This verse later on in John, or earlier in John 8, talking about walking in the light, Jose, the second point here, um, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Mm-hmm. I know we're in church and these words sound great and warm and fuzzy, but what does light of life look like? And what, what does that actually mean? Because I think a lot of us would want to sign up for that, but just help break me down, help break that down for me as far as what is the difference between walking in darkness and walking so the contrast can't be greater light 
darkness. Mm. One is mm. blind, you can't see. The other, oh my gosh, everything's revealed. You, you, can, you can know the way. So John 14, 6, Jesus saying, I am the, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I mean, that's saying, hey, I, I have everything that you need. And so when we are in him, he, he reveals what we need to know. And, and I think that's the big difference because sometimes I want to see more than what God actually mm. reveals mm. to me. I don't need to see the whole picture. I just need to see that next step. And I think Jesus is really kind to us that when we follow him, we may think, oh, everything's going to make sense. I'm going to understand why this bad thing happened. But really, he's just going to show you that very next step in the darkness is the opposite. The darkness is despair, anxiety, uh, not, not, uh, um, you know, feeling maybe that you were wronged or that God's unjust or that something was not fair. And, and it, it's, a yeah, it's, it, it, you, you go down quickly, mm. you spiral. Yeah. Thanks. You, you spiral down quickly and, you know, what Jesus wants us to, to live is he wants to live us. He wants us to live in hope. So, the, the choice is ours. Mm-hmm. Do we want to walk in the darkness by ourselves in our own truth, in our own way? Or, or do we want to give those doubts and questions and hardships and trials to Jesus and allow him to, to show us what he wants to show mm-hmm. us? Yeah, I love remembering that the darkness is not a substance that takes over light. It's the absence of the light, you know? And so then it's to your point. It's not that... Like I'm, what we need is more of Jesus, more light, and that illuminates what God wants to illuminate in his timing and his way, but I don't have to fear the darkness taking over because the light instantly lights up darkness regardless of what's going on or... That's pretty, pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. I think deep down, we all, our our innate desire is to share everything. I think about my two-year-old niece and she shares, anytime I'm with her, she's sharing me what she had for breakfast and what she saw in the car on the way there, like everything. And yet I think over time, sadly, whether it's young growing up or even just older in life, we've experienced hurt because of things that we've shared. We thought that someone was a safe person or place, and yet we found out that wasn't the case. And so I think, I wonder for those listening, they may be thinking, yeah, I want to live in the light. This sounds good. I want to be in this freedom, want to be vulnerable and open. And yet they can't get past some of the hurts that they've experienced. What encouragement would you give someone listening that's in that place right now? mm, Yep. I think the way that Jesus responds to Philip here is beautiful. He he does say, let's, uh, let me, let me bring it up. So I don't paraphrase here. He says, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you, such a long time. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So he, he really, I, I, you know, we can't hear the tone, but, but mm. I, I do hear a lot of tenderness in Jesus saying this. He's not fully rebuking him like, are you kidding me? You know, I've, you've, been, you've been with me from the beginning and you still don't get it. Jesus sometimes strikes that tone, it seems to me, a couple of times. But, but here he's saying, hey, I, I've, been, I've been here with you this whole time. And I think for... If that's you, and when that's been me, to remember that people are not God. People are not Jesus. Jesus has been with you that whole entire time. You know, we've talked about this a lot. People hurt people. Uh, that, that's, that's what causes a lot of our distrust. But God's on another level. So you can go to God, and He alone will heal that and help you see that next step. Mm-hmm. And it does include other people, <laughs> because... 
you know, I wish at times that we can live uh, as hermits in a desert with walls around us and it can just be us and God all day long. But no, he, he's called us to be fruitful. He's called us to be on mission. He's called us to seek out those that, that don't know Jesus and, and that are hoping for, for something in this life. So we need to stay in the world. And uh, that includes being around people. So I think receiving that from Jesus is a crucial crucial yeah. step. Yeah. I always think about that. You can't uh, save or solve having distrusted people by trying to figure out perfect people to trust. You can only trust God fully and then follow, like you said, his next step of who to bring into that and the way that it just covers all of it, being able to trust people, being able to bring things to the light. If we can trust that God is the ultimate light yeah. and truth, and we're not going to solve the darkness that we're in by going into darker places. We're going to have to first bring it to God and bring it into the light that way and then do it with other people and just trust that God's in that and he's the one that we're ultimately trusting. And that's why we can be, it's more of an obedience thing than a finding yeah. uh, perfect people as we just won't aside from Jesus. As you're saying that, I think of two of some of the safest places in our church, and that would be Monday night's prayer mm -hmm. as far as PMT. Uh, you can, just shameless plug, but you can either email Rhonda, just prayer at cyberschoolchurch.com. Tell her you want to come in person because they'll, you know, they'll be praying for you even if you don't. But uh, in that time, that's such a safe place where both that, and then I think of encounter weekends where both of the, the prayer prayerers are trained to point you straight to Jesus. It's mm -hmm. not a counseling session. This is not a self-help, like, okay, here's your next steps. And so to your point, Paulina, it's it's exactly that. It's like, okay, we're going to go to God. And and even the the pastor or even the, the leader that's there that you're meeting with, they're just trying to be a vessel for God and just pointing you to Him and allowing you to have that connection with Him. So I think that to your exact point, that's where the attention goes and that's where mm -hmm. um, the, focus, the focus goes. I think one of the aspects of this, uh, just walking in the light. We've talked about community. We've talked about even something we mentioned earlier, community groups, as far as just being there in fellowship with uh, one another. What are some other resources just both on the, if, if you are wanting to grow in both the uh, personal side and then just even on the informational side and walking in the light, what would be some resources y'all would recommend just even to get started? Yeah, the information side, I mean, there's so many amazing, great resources now that are available. Mm -hmm. I think about the Bible Project that does an incredible yeah. job walking through the Bible, uh, emphasizing themes and and big, big ideas. Uh, a lot of seminaries are giving out uh, sample classes and, and, um, and the Bible Project, uh, plugging them again, uh, they, they have some seminary level classes for free that you can take. So information, it, there, there's so many great areas. We have a Bible page mm -hmm. on our website where you can start reading through the Bible. The Bible app has a ton of resources. Mm -hmm. What else on the informational side? Do you guys have any? I mean, I, I love the daily devotionals. I'm not the best at reading them every day, but uh, they're always there. And I love how they're tied in with the message on Sundays. So that's even something that helps me remember what was talked about on Sunday that's continued throughout the week. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm just encouraged about how you can just, if your goal is to know Jesus personally, he's made himself known to us, you know? And so whatever you pick. If you seek, you will find. Yeah. He's going to. I used to think it was more like a formula because I can think that way, you know? And so if someone, if I see someone growing in their faith and doing this, then I need to do that or I need to find the deepest study yeah. or the, you know, those things. And really, if we just 
can have in our hearts that we want to know Jesus and walk in the light, then he knows you and how you're made and how you connect with him. And any of those steps that you take are going to, he's going to show up and know you and know, let you know him. Yeah. I love that you brought that up, Paulina, because it really is a difference between thinking that there's only one right way mm-hmm. to do it and, and almost being afraid. Am I doing it right? Am I reading right? Am I understanding right? But again, God is saying, no, if you seek me, mm-hmm. if you're genuinely seeking me, then you, you will find me. I, I will reveal myself. He delights in showing up. He is faithful. He always has been. That's who he is. So he, he's going to be there through people, through an article, through a resource that you find, through an old, you know, book that was written about Jesus that that may not be relevant today. I mean, he he is he is just so faithful to show up. What he wants us to be is is real. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest about mm-hmm. where we are. And that's where I, I think my challenge comes is okay. I may be doing all the right things, but am I being real? Am am I really digging deep? Am I allowing his truth to define my truth and and my sense of value and worth? And that's hard Mm -hmm. because it requires a lot of self-awareness and self-examination. And that's ultimately, I think, the the deep work that Mm -hmm. he wants to do in all of us. Mm -hmm. I think about Sean, uh, one of the teaching pastors on staff, one of the things I've heard him say and others say on the podcast, is just doing the next right thing. So as much as it's like, okay, I I want that game plan. I want the list of 20, 30 things I should be doing. In some ways that can be overwhelming at the same time. And so just focusing on asking God, okay, what is the one next thing Mm -hmm. that you have for me? And then after that, the next thing after that, and just responding to the Holy Spirit's prompting and conviction and just following in that. Because yeah, to your point, Paulina, I love how it reminded me of the verse we looked at last week, John 14, four, where Jesus says, you know the way. It's right Mm -hmm. before Thomas asked, but Jesus is saying, you you know the way. Like he's he's made that available to us. And so Mm -hmm. to y'all's point, we, we don't have to overcomplicate it. Instead, we can simply just respond to his voice. Jose, I'd love to give the last word as we wrap up here, as we look at this series, kind of what's in store for us ahead. I wish that when trouble comes, when trials show up, that we can pray them away, that we can really see all of those things dissipate and that we can live a life uh, filled with warm fuzzies and, and happy times for all. But the reality is, is that in this world, we will have trouble, but we can take heart and we can take heart that Jesus is the way and we can take heart that Jesus is the truth. And oftentimes he wants to show us so many things through these trials and trouble. And I think that's what Jesus is getting after in this verse. And next week we'll look at how he is, he is the life. So I'm excited for that conversation. Thanks for listening to the Conversations podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. See you back for the next conversation.